Welcome to the OIS Podcast. Today, Dr. Paul Carpecki speaks with Dr. Diana Driscoll, who recovered from a 10-year-long battle with a mysterious nervous system condition to develop products that not only help others with similar symptoms, but also resolve dry eye. She shares her personal, clinical, and business experiences in this fascinating podcast. Take it away, Paul. Hello and welcome to the OIS podcast. I'm Dr. Paul Karpecki and I have the honor of getting to speak to Dr. Diana Driscoll, who has come up developed a company known as TJ Nutrition. And I can speak firsthand of this technology. I have an extensive dry eye clinic. I have over 650 positive diagnosed Sjogren's syndrome patients, just to put it in perspective, not for, I know that only because we're doing some research and we had to look up how many we had, which surprised me to be fair. So it's a very advanced level uh, clinic. And so there's always these patients where you just can't solve what's going on. And Diana has found a way, uh, developed a product that she came across that helped her and her family, and now is being obviously used for a lot of patients. And it's having the same incredible impact on my patient uh, population. And solving patients, I could not figure out how to uh, clear or treat their dry eye. And it's been very consistent in terms of how they present, what systemic manifestations they have. We've been able to put it together. So I'm excited to have uh, Dr. Driscoll with us. And Diana, thanks for joining us on the OIS podcast. Thank you, Dr. Karpecki. It's, it's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited to share this. We're excited to have you. Take us through for our audience, those who don't know you, a little bit about your personal background. Uh, you know, where did you grow up? Uh, how did you get into optometry? And then, you know, how did you make this uh, kind of career choice to also uh, develop and bring to market a nutritional product um, that's having this kind of impact on patients? Right. It certainly wasn't my plan. Um, as you said, I'm an optometrist at University of Houston. I graduate and um, was always attracted to medical to some degree. And I headed toward optometry, I think a lot of us do because of our history with bad eyesight, right? Growing up in eye doctor's offices, being highly myopic. And it seemed like such a great profession. It was positive, upbeat, you're helping people every day. And yet it was objective. I was very a science-oriented type person. So optometry just seemed like a natural fit and I loved it. Um, And practiced for many years and went to Costa Rica on a mission trip and got a virus and got sick. And I can't blame the virus and I certainly can't blame Costa Rica, right? Gorgeous country, but everyone recovered except myself. And I ended up being diagnosed with a form of autonomic dysfunction. The autonomic nervous system wasn't working well. Uh, We call that dysautonomia and this specifically was called POTS postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. That's getting a little bit more pressed now because a lot of COVID patients are falling into that, but incredibly frustrating, completely disabling. Um, I couldn't finish my last two patients the day I was hit with this Um, and no one could help. I was in clinical trials for this. I probably saw 50 doctors I was resistant to um, being labeled disabled. I just could not believe that this virus did something that no one could figure out. But then my kids got sick from viruses. My son became disabled and we were left with no answers. So that's when I started to get into research 
and started by looking in the eyes. So a long circuitous route involving over 10 years of disability, but was starting to get answers layer by layer over those 10 years and culminated with how the autonomic nervous system was not only affected in us, figuring out why, but along that route, understanding on a very deep level how the autonomic nervous system was involved in normal tear production and in the control of inflammation. So hitting on that, chronic dry eyes were going away and then extrapolating beyond that to patients who didn't have you know, illness like I did where they had autonomic dysfunction, but how supporting the neurology of both inflammation control via the vagus nerve and lacrimal functional unit, if you will, the parasympathetic nervous system for tear production was resolving uh, chronic dry in other patients too. So here I am back in eye care, which was amazing to me after this hugely circuitous route through an extraordinarily disabling illness. That's really fascinating. And I, you know, I was lucky that you had reached out to me ways yes. back, but now, but yes, with my dry clinic. And I thought, and I've always found here and there these little insights, little ability to solve another, sometimes large group of patients that I couldn't solve. They continue to come back and, and right. really, you know, there are a number of docs who practice this uh, type of cornea and dry eye around the country, ophthalmologists, some optometrists too. And um, you know, and so we tried sharing these ideas and no one could come up with a solution for some of them. And then when you approached me, I thought, well, wow, I'm going to start looking for patients who have issues surrounding the vagal nerve, such as digestive issues, such as uh, mm-hmm. flushing, such as obviously the issues you had with POTS, but also mm-hmm. things like fatigue, brain fog. And, I, and I'm seeing COVID patients being sent in who have all of these elements and large pupils is a great indicator. Yes. And all of a sudden getting these incredible responses their life's changing, their dry eyes going away. You've, you've really achieved something remarkable. So how do you make, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess in your case, you made the leap from optometry and practicing um, to, well, to not being able to practice to then entrepreneurship. <laughs> right. Uh, a, a unique approach to getting to it, but what a great reason for, for getting there. Did you, yeah. is it difficult with a lot of hurdles? Was it, how do you take a product that you are passionate and know can impact people, but then there's still the step of getting it to market. How, how do you go about doing that? It was, you know, there were so many steps involved and it's much like going through school. I think if we knew what was going to be ahead of us, (laughs) I think we would never do it. Right. But you take it one day at a time, one step at a time, just like when we set up any other business, but, um, Oh, I not only had to start with the science, I set up genetic disease investigators. And here I am a sick person trying to work through studies. Some were in-house, some were on clinicaltrials.gov, started looking in the eyes, started to go down that road. And then when answers began to come and I was able to get across the finish line, I set up a clinic, POTS Care. And that started with nothing. So there's not even a piece of paper. There's no business name. There's no treatment um, evaluation protocols, whatever. Had to do all that. And then TJ Nutrition also started with nothing. So uh, I achieved some patents, which was hugely helpful and very validating for me, I think, because patent attorneys in the science realm are extraordinarily smart. And they understood, as I explained it in the patent, what got missed, they understood that, which was great. 
and then went from the patents to how to create products and then how to improve upon them. It wasn't an overnight thing at all. Um, I was initially focused on the patients with constipation and gastroparesis where they weren't able to digest, like my gallbladder shut down, for example. Um, there's few bowel movements. They start out with constipation, but it gets pretty ugly. And I was focused on getting that vagus nerve working again and figuring out what happened to that. Why is it not working? And that was when I realized, oh, look, dry eyes are going away, of course. So I backed up and tried to figure out every direct and indirect mechanism that with what I was doing was affecting not only the nicotinic acetylcholine receptors for the vagus nerve, for gut, heart rate, and for inflammation control, but also the muscarinic receptors for the, the lacrimal functional unit. And interestingly, as you mentioned, for pupils. So I could prove that we were hitting those muscarinic receptors because the pupil size changed. Um, and then I wanted to improve upon that, wrote some more patents. And then we just announced yesterday uh, with a press release about Parison Plus Eyes. So it was, it was a process, but I look back on it now and I think, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know how, how many moving parts there would be. I'm glad I didn't know, but you just take it a day at a time, right? That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because, I mean, you're also were you know, with the parasim originally more systemic, you were taking care of your children. I mean, what a motivation yes. as well as yourself. I mean, that would motivate any of us to, to find, wow, but I don't know. How to do it. I love that you did and solve that. And now it's having these incredible applications and this whole area of neurological dry eye is continuing to get more and more uh, awareness. Unfortunately, we have some top layer, actually nasal sprays, but they've been recently approved and that fits. Yes. This is on a systemic side, but plays a key role, um, you know, mm -hmm. and really helping support uh, how much of an impact this is. I remember when I first started dry eye clinic and gentleman visit me and he said, you got to remember the acronym woman. And that stands for water, which we were only using artificial tears, oils, um, which we got into MGD maybe a decade later, <clears throat> um, M for mucin, A for androgens. We're still not having good treatments for that. And N was neurological or nerves. And it's great that we're finally getting to the point where we're solving some of these. And that is perhaps yes. one of the most significant ones when it comes to dry eye disease. And, and of course, the body's connected. So that whole systemic component um, plays a role. Take us through... Yes. Um, a little bit of how you identify these patients in clinic. So we have an ophthalmologist right. optometrist listening, and they may have some patients who they just can't solve their dry eye and another. Yes. What, what are you asking the patients? What are you looking for? Um, right. And then how long does it take for treatment to work? And what should we be telling patients about um, Parasim Plus when we put them on it? Right. And to your point, finally, attention to neurology, that's so important. We didn't know a lot of the details of tear production and inflammation control. It wasn't that long ago um, that it was figured out that even the vagus nerve was the anti-inflammatory nerve of the body. So of course, as eye doctors, we've never connected the vagus nerve to the eye because there is no connection, right? But if you step back and if you think of dry eye as one component to a systemic display of health or unhealth, it makes more sense. So in my case, it was dramatic. I was dramatically ill and dry eyes were a secondary source or a secondary evidence, if you will, of a systemic problem. 
So if you take, say, my presentation, which was traumatic, and you turn it way down, what's happening is we know more now that the uh, immune system and neurology are intricately connected, right? Um, and we keep in mind that certain aspects of inflammation and even some inflammatory cells themselves can influence the release of some neurotransmitters. And acetylcholine is one of those. Acetylcholine is needed by the lacrimal nerve for the muscarinic receptors to produce tears, okay? But it's also used by the vagus nerve to help us control inflammation and control gut function. Interestingly, it's also the major neurotransmitter in the brain for short-term memory, uh, cognition, executive function, that sort of thing. So when you look at the patients who could be affected by their immune system maybe going wrong, resulting in interference with the neurotransmitter, you wanna look beyond just the dry eyes. And the patients don't report this because they're at their eye doctors, right? They, they don't go, you know, I'm getting a little constipated. <laughs> it just doesn't come up. Uh-huh. But they might be a little more forgetful. They might miss more of their appointments or be a little bit edgier. Uh, sometimes you can see a little bit of flushing, but we're looking at basically symptoms of anticholinergic poisoning turned way down. And those symptoms can come and go to some degree. But oftentimes the worse patients get, the more they know they don't feel great, but they'll often reflect it more of I'm getting older or I don't eat that well, or I know I should have been exercising or I'm just stressed out. But as eye doctors, if we can look for, in conjunction with the dry eyes, uh, a tendency to get large pupils, leaning toward more constipation or GI issues. Some people have had their gallbladders removed. Usually they don't have any response to that. Um, Some forgetfulness, brain fog, and fatigue, mental and physical. Those are the low-hanging fruit, if you will. Those are the ones that tend to flip around very quickly. And cognition will oftentimes reverse or be improved, and put it that way, within an hour. They can tell they're sharper. They can tell they're more awake. The sicker they are and the worse it is, the more obvious it is. Pupil size usually normalizes within two or three days. Uh, The bowel movements usually restore within a day. And you know you're going to get there with the dry eyes. So the studies we did, we gave it four to six weeks to make sure um, that the, as much repair as possible and inflammation control was taken over for the dry eyes. And that's when we could be sure we got it. Yeah. That's really awesome. I know I've also had, um, you know, at least I guess four patients now who had neurological, um, effects from COVID, um, uh, you know, yes. and they're noticing a dramatic improvement as well. And that's, this kind of ties into the fact that your the origination even for yours was, uh, was based on a viral cause. Maybe and we're right. seeing that certain patients neurologically affected by by COVID and, and the various mm-hmm. strands. Absolutely, and that neuro, neurological effect, Paul, usually is um, an effect on the immune system. So if we can tie together immunity and neurology, it makes sense, and we, we have to do that for those patients. Yeah. What have you learned along the way, Diana, that could assist other 
colleagues who are who have an idea and uh, think and have tested a little bit, believe they could take bring to market a really successful product like this. Mm-hmm. Besides just taking it day by day and learning as you go, were there any insights that may help them speed up their process through what you've learned in yours? Oh boy, I wish I could say I was an expert in that. I think I've made every mistake known to man, but I, I will say to some degree, ignorance was bliss in that if I had known how hard it was going to be, I wouldn't, wouldn't have tried it. But like writing a patent, for example, I didn't know anything about writing patent. So I, I didn't ever have the thought that I couldn't do it. So by not knowing how hard it was going to be, I thought, well, sure, I'll do this. And I just read patents and started to work on it and, and did it. So sometimes we can get in our own heads, I think, and um, slow ourselves down unnecessarily that if I could work through some things, I think anyone can do it and not to give up, uh, not to be dissuaded by anyone else telling you something can't be done. Even the journey with POTS, there's major research centers (laughs) involved in this um, who couldn't figure it out. So um, you do have to be somewhat brave, somewhat independent thinking and, and just go for it. Just yeah, go for it. It's a great answer because I could see how some people would think, well, if these big research centers haven't figured it out now, am I sure I can figure it out? And you just have exactly. to be brave and move forward and see right. what you can do. You know, exactly you're right. results yourself, your children. Mm-hmm. And now how many uh, patients, I mean, you probably had some incredible stories of patients whose lives have oh, been turned around with this because in my important use, I'm starting to see that already. Yes. Incredible stories. It is the best job ever. And we see it all here. We see patients who've been sick, you know, just a few months post COVID to patients who've been bedridden for 30 years and certain dominoes start to fall and they can end up with some permanent damage. We have to figure out what that is and back up, but we do see it all. But I mean, I was bedridden. My son was bedridden for three years and to see people be able to get back to life and back to doing what they were meant to do is amazing. The fact that we can help patients with chronic dry eye now is just a huge bonus. And it makes me feel so good to be able to return the favor, if you will, to optometry, to give back to a profession that gave me the knowledge that I needed to be able to figure all this out. What I learned, I learned in optometry school about the vagus nerve, for example. That that taught me what to do when mine failed. I I remembered what we learned in lecture and somehow remembered some of those details that were important. So um, it's really great to be able to give back now to that profession. Terrific. Well, you know, our audience for the OAS podcast range from, you know, industry, obviously, uh, colleagues in optometry and ophthalmology colleagues, um, investors, et cetera. Is there anything, if there's one thing anyone listening could help with, is, is there anything you need at this stage of the company? Oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm just, just talking about, it's been just me, right? You know, Diana has been out there trying to spread the word, but I am just one voice and there's only so much I can do. So I'm trying to consider ways to uh, grow the company quickly or get the information out better. Um, for chronic dry eye and for autonomic dysfunction too. So I'm not certain which direction to go, but if there is um, an audience out there with 
any sorts of ideas. That's where I'm exploring. Business was not my major, you know, that's not my comfortable place. But I feel like it needs to get out there. It, this needs to happen. So, um, yeah, right. we've that's been. Kind of what compelled me even to ask you to be a guest was I, the initial response and, you know, went through an entire case in one clinic day. Um, you know, the response from these patients um, that I'd not been able to solve has just compelled me to say, well, there's something that has been incredibly discovered here that's incredibly innovative, which fits into our, our theme, um, you know, and, and to invite you uh, to share some of these insights. And boy, you've really done that beautifully. And also even on so much of your experience and, and what, you've, what you've learned. Well, I um, appreciate that. Thanks, Diana. Um, thanks for actually the time uh, and, and just sharing so much and what you went through, as you mentioned, and what you've come to and, and what you're doing for patients and for doctors who are now able to solve the issues with some patients they haven't been able to solve. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Right. That's interesting. Well, I have a clinic. I'm at Potscare, um, potscare.com. Um, but I have other stuff. So I set up drdianadriscoll.com <laughs> to, to try to compile some of that. Um, the clinic's probably the easiest because of the phone number in the clinic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you, Dr. Driscoll, for joining us today on a very interesting and innovative uh, podcast. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for taking time to, to be part of this. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all or hearing again, talk to you again in our next interview on the OAS podcast. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Dr. Kirkpatrick. Thank you, Dr. Driscoll. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the OIS podcast. Be sure to listen in next week as we discuss the latest innovations in ophthalmology with experts in science, medicine, and industry. Subscribe to our iTunes channel so you don't miss a thing. Got a story of your own to tell? Apply to be a guest at OIS.net. <laughs>